1: My American. my American. I've been tracking Sasquatches for 25 years. my American global awakening to the new world order. Pardon, my American.
2: Artificial intelligence. Pardon,
1: my American. Do you believe in UFOs? Yes, sir. Extraterrestrial. You're listening to Pardon, my American.
2: Greg, what's happening, man? What is going on, Dave? Another day. Yes, sir, it is. Chris, what's up, buddy?
3: What's up? I'm so stuffed from Thanksgiving.
4: Stuff. Yeah, I'm still I'm still <laughs> stuffed. Yeah, I'm a little bloated. It's Sunday. I put Ugh. on at least 15 pounds, which I didn't need. So <laughs> oh, yeah, at least. Dude. It is what it is.
2: Yeah, so we got a great show for you guys today. Got a guest on today. Before we get started, everybody go to PardonMyAmerican.com, sign up, put in your email. Uh, you know, it's that's all we ask for, right? Yeah. And uh, Parlor. That's, yes. that's going to be where
4: we're we're going to be driving to, is Parlor. Yep. Um, we want to really push on that Instagram. I mean, you guys are aware. I mean, we're losing more, I think, at this point. Uh, we're just yeah. shadow banned. And it is what it is. It is I what mean, it mean, is. I mean,
2: so. It's free speech, you know, that's what it's all about. So parlor allows that, so that's where we'll go. So absolutely. YouTube backup's still up and running, but you guys know where to check us out. We appreciate all the Patreons
4: definitely helping us out. Absolutely. Anything helps, uh, you know, just keeping us afloat. So
2: yes, sir. So without further ado, you guys, we have a special guest with us today. Yeah, yeah. And he is Google whistleblower Zach Voorhees. Zach. Zach, welcome to the show.
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me on.
2: Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I am well aware of everything that you are doing and what you've been in, you know, uncovering from the last couple of years with Google. Yep. For those out there, for our listeners out there who maybe not or who might not be as familiar, could you explain kind of what happened, what you're doing, what you exposed, and then what you're going through now?
1: Yeah, so... Um I was a software engineer at uh, Google and Google-owned YouTube for eight and a half years. Uh, I rose up from a junior engineer to a senior software engineer. And in 2016, I noticed that the company basically inverted itself and reconfigured itself from this libertarian-like organization to organize the world's information, make it universally accessible, to... Doing this totalitarian style censorship, which was a problem because, you know, Google is a monopoly on search. And if they control what information can be found in search, then that essentially is capturing an election. And it happened right when Trump got elected. Like within one week, there was this really famous all hands on deck meeting between the C-level executives and the rest of the company. And in this meeting, there was a lot of really head-scratching things that the C-level executives said. For example, Sergey Brin, who was uh, head of Google, he was like one of the founders, he mm-hmm. said that he was personally offended at the election of Donald Trump. The CFO oh, yeah. broke down <laughs> into tears, Dude. recounting how you know, they were going to lose this election yeah. and like how that conversation went back and forth between her and the New York office. Mm -hmm. But what really sort of was the most surprising was a question that was asked by one of the engineers during the Q&A section. And what this person asked was, what was some of the most effective things that Google has done during the election? And the CEO, Sundar Pichai took the answer to that question. He answered it that it was their machine learning algorithms suppressing fake news, which was the most important thing that Google had done. And -hmm. I thought to myself, wait a minute, the suppression of fake news since when have we been doing that? And so I just started to dig down kind of a sleuther, kind of a researcher. So I just started to dive down into you know, into the documents of what the fake news team was generating. Um, I could do that because I was a full-time engineer and the company had been built such that there weren't really any walls between the different departments. Like Mm. the, like Eric Schmidt built this company with, Hey, we're not going to do anything evil. So we can go ahead and just look at what other people are working on. Right. Wow. All the way down to your OKRs and your snippets and and Dang. every single thing that people do, engineers do on a day to day basis. You can just look at. So I just went over to the fake news team and said, well, what, what are they doing? And uh, wow, like the fake news examples that they were working on in their design document all had to do with like Hillary Clinton, like three out of five. Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. rep- running weapons to Benghazi, um, to arm ISIS, uh, an FBI agent like dying. And the actual examples that they were using were actually fake news, but it was so close to actual news events that had taken place that I started to doubt that that was like when I first started to have doubt that this was an effort by Google to suppress fake news and misinformation instead might be, you know, make them making moves in order to suppress real information on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself at this point, well you know why, why would why does Google care who gets elected? like yeah. isn't that the job of the American people? Yep. And it seems that Google getting in the way of an election seems like it's really risky to its shareholders and you know it's been enjoying this thing called section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. And for them to do political censorship would jeopardize that immunity from lawsuits that they had. So I went, "What? this is a head scratcher. Like what is going on? And so I thought to myself, well, like if there's this way that they're defining fake news, then there must be some sort of thing that will censor it, push it down in the Google search results. So I started to dig in further and I ended up finding that censorship project. And it had the exact name that you would want, that you would think that an SJW would do to to name it, and that was machine learning fairness. Uh-huh. Such that if you are against it, then you are against fairness. There you go, which is r- ridiculous, right? And I as I start to look through this machine learning fairness project, first off, I realized that it was absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. It was widespread. And they were going to roll it out into all of their projects: uh, Google News, Google Search, YouTube were the big, you know, kahunas that that this thing was targeting. But also their other search projects, right? Because they wanted to have this thing be ubiquitous throughout their, you know, consumer-facing products. So it would it would classify things whether it was like fake news or not, and then like push it down. I get you. now the reason why it's called machine learning. Fairness and not just like you know internet fairness is because machine learning is a specific type of AI system that exists now, and it the way that it works is that you create a mountain of training data with a bunch of workers, and then you give it to an AI system that uh, then tries to figure out based on the data what patterns to look for for new inputs that it gets in order to you know classify it as you know fake news or whether it's hate speech and and each one of these ai sort of ai programs that they have is called a classifier and the classifier classifies just one thing so fake news is is a type of classifier also hate speech would be another classifier there's also classifiers in there that you know qualify your youtube channel as either You know, being a right wing news channel, for example, which is Mm -hmm. what Dave Rubin got uh, labeled as. And so as I started going through these things, I, I was like, wow, there's this huge thing. No one's talking about it. No one knows about it. And everyone still thinks that Google is this unbiased source of information, but they're radically changing their entire corporate structure in order to do this filtering. And the stuff that I saw, you know, related to Google News and what they were trying to do to Breitbart was just eye-opening. Like I saw them trying to remove Breitbart and cut them off from all their, uh, from the ad networks, which is their revenue source, because they didn't like the content of their stories. And so they were trying to say, "Oh, Breitbart is engaging in hate speech, and we need to like cut them off at the site level from all ads," which would end the, you know, the news organization. And uh and so you know, just a whole combination of these things just kept me going down further and further into the rabbit hole. And as I started to get further down, I started to find out more information about the company. For example, the YouTube blacklists, which are just mind blowing. Yes. And and what's interesting is that, you know, Google was telling under oath that to, to Congress people that they didn't use any political censorship. They didn't even have blacklists. And I'm sitting there as an employee inside of the company going, wait a minute, we don't use blacklists. What the heck is, I, I'm pretty sure that we do. And so I would just do something like an internal Google search in the company for blacklist. And I got pointed to a piece of code that was literally called blacklist, which was <laughs> a 42 blacklist um, search terms that were being used for YouTube. So they didn't and, even try and I to hide even, it. Go ahead. They didn't even try to hide it. No, right? they they were very sloppy. Yet yeah, they're yeah. And the arrogance of these people is that they didn't even try to hide it. They literally named it blacklist, and they're sitting there in Congress, telling, you know, Congress people that there is no such thing as blacklist. Like clearly perjuring themselves Mm -hmm. and from people that should know better. Like these people that like Sundar Pachai, like does he not know how to do a search on their corporate search engine to figure out whether there's a blacklist? Like it was just so the, the pride of these people was just mind boggling. And so that's, so I started essentially at this point taking all of this information that I was searching for on the internal networks and downloading them as PDFs to my work laptop because I knew that this stuff was so insane that once the leaks started to come out and I knew that it was inevitable that the leaks would come out, that these brainwashed leftists who were writing all these things would get this sort of like feedback that what they were doing was pretty goddamn evil and all that stuff would disappear. So I was just like, okay, well this exists for now. These people have no idea that they're essentially building, you know, the next communist Nazi sort of oppression of of the media. So I'm just gonna download this so that I can have a foundational rock so that I can convince myself that this was in fact real. Because you know sometimes like this is sort of during the beginning of the Great Awakening and there's a bunch of really like big attacks from the media saying, oh, this is just like a right-wing conspiracy theory, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I wanted to make sure that with the media being as crazy as it was that I was going to be able to download these things and be able to prove to myself that yes, in fact, this was happening. And I ended up amassing 950 pages mm-hmm. of, of, of documents detailing Google's censorship regime. And at one point, when I caught them, you know, deleting kafefe off of their Arabic translation dictionary in order to give the mainstream media an excuse to try to pull a Twenty Fifth Amendment removal of the president. Then I was like, okay, we've gone beyond sort of malicious, you know, uh, you know, playing around into sedition and sort of arguably treasonous behavior. And once I realized that this was moving into sedition land, treason land, I realized that I was now part of this conspiracy by not informing anyone about this. And so that's when I started transitioning from passive observer, grabbing this material, downloading it to, I need to take this information and release it to the media because these guys are going to do a coup. And then we're going to end up the America that I know is going to end up like this communist, like Venezuela or Mm. the Soviet empire or, you know, communist China. And, you know, when a communist revolution comes, there's a lot of dead people that stack yep. up. Sure is. And so I didn't want this to happen. And I realized that um, I needed to do something. And so I, I went out there and found project Veritas and found, um, you know, uh, an outlet to be able to do this story justice because I couldn't just release this story To the DOJ. I couldn't just tell them, hey, look, there's like a lot of censorship going on. Uh, The government's really corrupt, and uh, you need to have a media system that's pushing, 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 pushing them to get this stuff done. Like it really has to be a cultural movement forward in order for a story like this to make a difference in the political sphere. And so, um, you know, I, I, I ended up reaching out to Project Veritas. They ended up sending me a handler. They handler earned my trust, and I ended up giving them all 950 doc- pages of documents. And that's what went into the Project Veritas uh, archives. And they sat on it, to tell you the truth, for like a year and a half before the censorship got really bad in spring of 2019. They opened up back the files that I had given them. They, the files were so out there, so crazy, that Project Veritas, I learned later, thought that they might be false. And so once they revisited all the stuff that was going on, they did a uh, sort of on the ground investigation. Mm -hmm. And what they found was an engineer that was actually working on machine learning fairness and confirmed all the things that I had been you know, disclosing to Project Veritas. And so at that point, they're like, oh, okay, everything that Zach said was true. So we're going to use his uh, human intelligence because I, I provided a list of people that were involved with this project. One of them was Gen And so Project Veritas set up a sting operation on Genai Jen with an uh, informant that was uh, operating a fake company that got Genai Jen down. You know, had a few margaritas, and then Jen and I sort of spilled the beans that only something the size of Google could stop the next Trump situation. Yep. And yeah. so, boom, they got them, and that's and once they got that, and the story was ready to go, they 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 called me up. Um, coincidentally, as luck would have it, at the time that I was writing my resignation letter informing me that they had this transcript and the sting operation that had just been done like a few weeks before and asking me what I thought about the uh, transcript. And I I tend to go on rants sometimes. So I gave them like a piece of my mind saying, this is exactly everything that I've been warning you about. Uh, You finally got them on camera saying everything that I said that they were thinking, congratulations, this is going to change American politics. And they said, that was great. Could you come to New York City and say that on camera? And I said, absolutely. I'm actually uh, signing my resignation letter. So I, I finished it up. I sent it off. And I went to to New York. And then I went on camera explaining to the American public under an anonymity. Um, I was all blacked out and they couldn't see my face. My voice was changed. And so mm-hmm. I, I explained to the American public what what all this stuff meant and what Google was really doing. And it set off a shitstorm. And I, I didn't like release all the, all the documents that I had to the public at that time, because um, I, I, I wanted to like, it seemed sort of wrong and malicious to just spill out all the guts of the company. I, I thought that this would be enough to start a, you know, like the Patriots know now that Google's this really bad company. We've had this successful media thing. So that's that's as much as I need to, to, to do with it. And I wanted to also return back and be a programmer and to have so, sort of like, like secretly done this uh, disclosure, but then go work for, you know, um, Elon Musk or uh, the, the, the Uber guy who created another startup. You know, I was going to get right back into it because I love software engineering so much. But then in July, Google started coming after me with a high profile law firm. Mm-hmm. And they started trying to get at my laptop and my personal computing items. And I was told by other lawyers that this was the first step in many of Google, uh, you know, ruining my financial situation, that this was essentially a form of warfare that they were going to do on me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, at that point, I realized that I was screwed. Um, Project Veritas had promised that they would cover my my legal bills. And so, I, I, I knew that I had that in my back pocket, but I didn't want to call that favor because, you know, you never know. Like, when push comes to shove, a lot of people make promises, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I I... I made a strategic decision because one of the things that I had was I still had the Google laptop in July of 2019. Okay, okay. And obviously if I gave the laptop back to them, they would have been able to sift through that laptop and find all the incriminating evidence. Google's known to like create a criminal case in order to go after whistleblowers like they did with uh, Kevin Cernecki. Hmm. And so, um, I knew that this laptop was hot. I needed to do something with it. I realized, well, heck, heck, this laptop is part of the chain of evidence for this criminal conspiracy. So I thought to myself, well, why don't I just take the laptop and send it to the DOJ with 950 pages of their documents, like printed out, so that they'll physically have a copy. And so that's what I did. I sent it all away, and then I I told them in a letter that I had. That I did have their laptop, but I gave it to law enforcement, to, um, and that they needed to go contact law enforcement if they wanted to get their, their laptop back. And uh, then I started getting harassed on Twitter. Uh, this one Twitter anonymous Twitter follower by the name of uh, One Snowflake started dropping my real name. I was anonymous at that time. Mm-hmm. They were saying, you know, shouldn't I change my handle? my bio from well-employed tech geek. Now that I was unemployed, Mr. leaker. And I was like, who is this guy? And so my mentor, um, that, that I, that I had, you know, I I told him about this lurker harassing me and he was like, don't do anything. Let me engage. And so what this guy did is he set up, um, some links that he had his own server And he got into an argument with this guy who was a Marxist and got him to click on an image that was hosted on a computer that we had. And so when he got that fetch request for that image, we were able to download all of his um, IP information. We were able to (laughs) reverse geocode his IP to a location on the earth. And it was assigned to Google, Indiana at their data center. So. This, this dude, like harassing me, this Marxist was literally working at Google Uh-oh. and didn't even bother to use a VPN. Okay. While he was doing his harassing. So um, at that point, I decided to, um, that, you know, now I had, that I was in the thick of it. And so yeah. I called up James O'Keefe and I said, hey, look, if I get killed, you can take all the documents that I've given you. And you can drop them to the American public full disclosure. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Twitter and I said the same thing in the event of my untimely death, all public documents can be disclosed. And that tweet was, well, my Twitter was being monitored by Google staff themselves. And so as a result of that, they sent police to my house. Um, They originally got
2: got the, you got got the wrong address. What's that? You got swatted? Like the SWAT team came to your house and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, I escalated until the SWAT team. I mean, first it was the police and then I didn't answer the door and then they they came into my house anyways, but they couldn't see in, so they, they let themselves back out. And then they uh, they were able to make up a bomb a, a bomb threat or bomb like situation. They're like, "Oh, you. this could be a bomb." And so they called in the bomb squad. And so then they like had to evacuate a bunch of people. I guess And had to start shutting things down like the the theater and the the local grocery store and my neighbors and et cetera, et cetera. And then they wouldn't leave. And the FBI was called in. There was like four different departments that were there. And uh, eventually, you know, once I heard two helicopters flying over my house at low altitude, I realized that something was up and it wasn't what, if it hadn't been for my friend, I don't, think I would have known about it for some time longer, but my friend ended up coming to my house and seeing everything blocked off on the street by police. And that's when he realized that it was me and that this, they were all there for me. And so he entered in, he inserted himself into the negotiation and uh, let me know that the police were not leaving. And uh, so then I came out uh you know, I eventually negotiated myself to come out because I didn't want them to come into my house. So I came out instead and uh, let them detain me and then answered all of their questions. It turned out to be a, a wellness check. And so they just wanted to know like whether I was going to harm myself, whether I was going to harm other people. And then they're like, why would Google call this up for you? And then that's when I was like, aha, it actually is Google being the one that is calling this wellness check. So I said, yeah, they're doing this because... I sent all of their criminal activity to the DOJ. And the cops, like, well, do you have any proof? And, you know, I took out my phone, which had a picture of the letter that I'd sent the DOJ. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Here it is. And so it was like, oh my gosh, you're a whistleblower. I'm like, yes, I'm a whistleblower. And so that de escalated everything. Um, and then the next day, I was uh, on a flight to Washington, D.C. in a safe house. Uh, and then, you know, I was like, okay, James, it's, it's, we're all ready to go. We should no disclose everything. And so um, we filmed it on the 14th of August. Um, and then when I was filming it, like, oh my God, the, I don't know how the lawyers knew at Google, but they were just calling me off the hook. I just had to like block the call so that I wouldn't take it anymore. And, um, and, uh, and then, yeah, we came out cause I, I needed to get this target off my back Absolutely, so I just came yeah. out with all of it. All of that 150 pages were disclosed to the American public. Uh, I think it was August 21st, 2019, a Monday. And wow, when we released that sucker, it was it was just like every news station or every intelligence agency and a whole bunch of people from around the world just hit that download link. And it was just like multiple yep. downloads per second were coming in. Everyone wanted to see what Google was doing with its um with its censorship regime. And almost about the same time that we came out, it was like a few weeks later or something. It was like the the New York attorney general announced that they were doing a investigation on Google's antitrust policies. It was also um, the DOJ and then like 51 state attorney generals. Um, and, And now it's all 52 of them, which is all 50 states plus the two territories of, um, of Puerto Rico and Guam or something. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah, it's 52 state attorney generals and the house intelligence committee as well. And uh, basically everything's coming back now with uh, yeah, Google's too big; They need to be broken up. And the, the absolute worst thing that I imagine could have happened did, which was Google's stone like purge of the media mm-hmm. uh, in order for Biden to do an attempted steal on the entire election with uh fake mail-in ballot voting and fraudulent electronic voting with the dominion yes. systems
2: so i definitely i, I want to get into that with you zach but with this the documents that you released the 950 pages a lot of that was the google blacklist right the blacklisted
1: terms or was that one of the documents that you came out with that was one of 950 I guess or ni- so. no that's no, right that was like 40 of 950 pages
2: Okay. Because on that blacklist, there was a boatload of Las Vegas related shooting terms. I mean, you're talking about the guy, the shooter's name uh, misspelled. I mean, just numerous variations of the Vegas shooting yeah. scheme, right? So, why would they try to block people from looking at that? And what did that kind of turn into as far as other censorship goes?
1: Okay. Well, before before we get into the why, let's get into the what the hell did they do? Do you mind yes. if I go ahead and share my screen real quick? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it says uh, host is disabled sh- screen oh. sharing. Okay. Uh. Well, I'm not sure how to do that. Yeah.
2: We might we might not be able to. But let okay. me. Uh. We'll we'll have Chris go to
1: zachvorhees.com/blacklists if you can do it. Okay.
4: Okay. We'll have Chris do that here. While he's doing that, Zach, I got a question for you real quick before you get into that. It's kind of about what you talked about in the beginning. You were talking about the fake news, and you were talking about hate speech, right? And that's all within the eye of the holder, right? Some people think hate speech is other things, and some people don't take it as, as serious. When you were first started looking at this stuff, did you do you think that the people working for Google, do they genuinely believe the stuff that they're saying, or are they just trying to protect like Hillary Clinton at the time in 2016? Do they actually believe that these stories were fake or were
1: they, did they know they were real? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, the amount of brainwashing that has, you know, been done to these Google people is pretty, pretty profound. Like for whatever reason, all the leftists there at Google are just completely brainwashed. And they believe that there is you know, a rise of Nazism, neo-Nazism under Trump. And they're terrified of Trump and they hate Trump everywhere. Um, They're open about it. uh, And they think that uh, the entire democracy is going to be destroyed by Russian disinformation that's coming in over the Internet. And they feel that they have to do something in order to, you know, not give a platform to neo-Nazis and disinformation agents.
4: So that's scary to me, man. It is. It's really scary because the fact that they – Actually believe that yeah, And they're not just like It'd be bad if they were just trying to cover her tracks Because they just want her to win yeah. But they actually believe it That reality
2: that they're living in is well, uh, and, and I mean what would it take for you To snap out of that state I mean it's going to take some damning evidence right Yeah that's true Because if it's so indoctrinated into your, your soul That you believe it and you feel it And you know it to be true And there's nothing that somebody can do Other I mean, than blah What is that blah I don't know I'm not sure, man.
4: Chris, know. you got that pulled up?
3: Yeah, hold on a second.
4: Okay, yeah, we're getting that there, Zach. Oh, you got. I it mean, up? how do
1: you wake yeah. people up? Well, you know, there's a very interesting talk given by KGB defector Yuri Bezmenov, and okay. it essentially works like this: um, indoctrination is a one-way street, and uh, people that are affected by it um, won't wake up to the reality that. The MSM is all BS until they suffer. They suffer from it. They become a target. Only then yeah. do they wake up. And there's nothing you can say to them that will get them to wake up. Um, that, that's, and that's what it is. Yeah, that's
2: exactly. I mean, they won't trust anybody except for the mainstream news, and that's where, right. where it has to come from. Well, right? they're in a bubble, you know. Yeah, recirculing
4: Recirculating the same for, the same information back and forth, so.
2: Uh, I think we got that thing pulled up. Is that it? Do you want to share the screen? I think we can switch the screen and then tell us if you can see this, Zach.
1: I can't. Okay, but well, if you go to the my page, oh yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh huh. Yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. All the Las Vegas. The first twenty pages of this forty page thing is just Las Vegas. And what you're gonna find also on the first page is. Um, a weird entry for Frazzle Drip. Oh, uh oh. I don't know. If I so, saw this that. blacklist was injected right on, I think it was uh, October 1st, 2017. Do you know why that date is significant? No. I can't think. Las of... Vegas Massacre. Ah, there Jesus. it is. I should have known that, man. There it is. Yeah. And so, they were like, the company had a freak out. They're like, code red, code red. We had this like Las Vegas massacre and there's all this fake news information that's you know spreading out there on the internet. So we have to like protect our users from it. So they dropped in this blacklist and this blacklist was like trying to cover up, uh, suppress searches related to finding content of the Las Vegas massacre. And uh, they were very, very particular in censoring information that said that the Las Vegas shooter was Mm anti-Trump and that he was pro-DNC. So, you know, anything that was like strengthening the ties between Stephen Paddock and the DNC were um, suppressed and any sort of repulsion against Donald Trump and the shooter were also suppressed. So they wanted to make... The shooter appeared to be, um, you know, like close Trump to Trump boy. in yeah. some fashion, you know, ideologically or, or, or what have you. And on the same day that they were inserting all this, you know, blacklisted stuff, um, they had the Frazzle drip, which I don't know if you guys know what Frazzle drip is. Oh yes. do you? Yeah, we yeah. reference oh, yeah.
2: it often. <laughs>
1: So the question is, why did they put Frazzledrip in there? Because Frazzledrip would not become relevant until like a year later. Mm-hmm. And here it is, October 1st, 2017, a year before it became relevant, showing up on this list. Um, and if you scroll through this list, what you're going to find is you're going to find that a full 20 out of the 42 pages are simply related to this Las Vegas massacre. Wow. Other blacklisted phrases include, you know, cancer cure, the cure for cancer. Damn, the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution of Ireland. So wh- okay, they, wait, so what's that all about? What is that? <laughs> Why they were meddling in Ireland's um, elections? Not elections. Um, the referendum on whether to repeal. The Eighth Amendment to the Constitution of Ireland, which was the right to life of the unborn.
2: Oh my it's, god!
1: Yeah. So what they did is they came in there and they were like, we they, they shut off." Once the pro-abortion faction got ahead, Google was like, "Oh, we need to like shut down all of the all of the um, all the advertising on both sides." And mm-hmm. okay. I can understand that they're going to do that, but they really crossed the line when they actually included in that advertising ban people searching for their own constitutional amendments to their country. Holy
2: shit. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And if you look at the rest of this blacklist, what you're going to find is it's going to be, you know, it's just one false flag after the next, which is being covered up. And Uh for whatever reason, Google is very adamant about blocking people from searching about these false flag attacks. Like David Hogg forgets his lines is one of the things that they're blocking, like, you know, that they're that they're trying to block you from finding, you know, the Tony Bourdain suicide is another one. Here's another one. GOP train crash assassination attempt. Oh, yes. Do you guys remember that? I do. Yeah, yeah. A dump truck came in front of the train and then stopped. That was holding a bunch of GOP uh, people, and the train derailed. And yep. Google was on the back end of that tr- uh, blacklisting searches that had to do with people trying to find out whether this was an assassination attempt or not. So
2: it
4: was just a basic accident. You know. <laughs> I
1: don't
2: care. <know laughs> yeah, right? nothing, nothing to see there. Always is. <laughs> yeah, nothing
4: to see there. What? So, like, who? Like it. I mean, this is, like, not even a question, but who do these people think they are, man? Like, I I really, like, I don't understand, like, do they not believe in just freedom at all? Like, the people that work for Google, they just don't believe in freedom
1: uh, of thought at all?
4: Or are they just that concerned?
1: They are are invoking the two-faced gods. And there's this, like, god of Greece or Rome. It was called Janus the Two-Face, and it's... It's in one face, it's happy. In the other face, it's preaching war. Mm. And the thing is, is that it's the same people that were talking about how great Google was as this bastion of freedom and for self-expression. You know, I'm um, giving an example. So remember that YouTube video that supposedly spawned that that protest in Benghazi and mm-hmm. caused those two ambassadors or those those two military men to be killed.
2: Yeah. It was the cartoon, right?
1: Yeah. Well, there was a attorney in California by the name of Chris Armenta. And she had done a lawsuit to try to take that video down. And Google said, no, we can't do, we can't censor. That would set a dangerous precedent. And mm. Eric Schmidt even said himself, like, the solution to bad speech is more speech, which mm. I agree with. Mm. And I think that every libertarian-minded person should agree with that. Anyone that loves the First Amendment should agree to that, right? Like, yep. you can't do anything about, you know, fake news, just more free speech to call it out. Yep. And then they flip and they're like, oh, it's the same people that went from this radical free speech position to a radical anti-free speech position. Mm -hmm. And they did it without, you know, any sense of irony. They didn't do it with any sense of like, well, we thought this way, but actually it's wrong. They just sort of like start saying, well, we don't want to give a platform for neo-Nazis. And they, they used every sort of linguistic focus tested trick that, you know, the deep state would come up with to try to sell to the public seemed to work on them and they just turn around and destroyed the entire core of what made their company great. And it took place over the span of three years. And I'm sitting there going, how the hell are these people doing it? Like, how can they live with themselves? Like how can, you know, Susan Wachowski, the CEO of YouTube live with herself being someone that, you know, had all this integrity around free speech and then turn around and then, just burn the whole thing down. yeah. And, um, and you know, that's when I started learning that there's a lot of people that are put into positions of power and they've got blackmail, they got something over them mm-hmm. so that they have to like, they have to go towards I mean, they're not selected for competence. They're more selected for loyalty and going along with whatever it is that their handlers are going to tell them to do. And so I think that's what's controlling Google and, and YouTube right now, these are people that talk a lot of about morality, but will just do anything that they're told to do and give any flimsy excuse. And it's rotten from the C level executives all the way down to upper middle management. That's where the rot extends. From mm-hmm. middle management and below, everyone's pretty good. They're trying to do the right thing and they're trying to like just, you know wake up, do their job and like take care of their kids and uh, lead a good life. And um, they're not making any of the policy decisions. They're just following along with it. And a lot of the people said, you know what? I don't like what Google's becoming. And so they've left Mm -hmm. and they're not part of that anymore. And I applaud those people that did that. Mm -hmm. Um, And what you basically have left after that exodus is all the people where that's not a problem for them. And as a result, there's been a brain drain. Google's been getting a lot worse as um, time has been going forward, and um, and at this point, it's uh, it's kind of a shell of what it used to be, and it's 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 corrupt, it's crooked, um, and well, it, it honestly it seems that. Go ahead. So,
2: Zach, it honestly sounds like it's becoming, uh, you know how they always say the media is just another wing of the CIA or like the another wing of the government? That's what Google yeah. sounds like they have become. And it, I mean, they're at the point where they're influencing elections over in Ireland. They're definitely influencing elections here, right? Uh, Robert Epstein, he came out saying that a Google search could impact, what, 60 million people? Or it could take, what, what did he say? It was like a uh, 50-50 split to a... 80, 90 20, 10 split 90 10. 20, yeah that's crazy so he could influence and he could change your mind to a 9010 split right yes or Google Google could right yeah yes. so so Google is now influencing elections much like the CIA does or our intelligence agencies do overseas right they create these color revolutions and this is this sounds like Google is trying to create a cover or a color revolution here sounds like it I mean, do you um,
4: so a lot of times, especially like with the fraud and the election stuff that's going on right now, a lot of these people always say like, well, yes, these things happen, but it doesn't affect that to like the extent that would actually sway anything. Do you honestly believe and I, I think I already know the answer to this, but do you believe that all the stuff that you've talked about, the blacklist has affected the elections that's happened and the search things? Or is it, you know, just small enough that it really doesn't affect that many people?
1: It's, it's, it, it affects so much. It's the access to information. And if, if they weren't, if it wasn't successful, then they wouldn't be, you know, doing it so strongly. Right. It's like, Hey, if it didn't matter, then why would they change the search results? And Mm. what's really hard right now is, you know, try arguing with a leftist. That's that doesn't believe that the media is rigged and (laughs) they're going to hit the debunking articles on anything that's happening as a current topic uh, first and foremost. And they're just going to spit that back. And yeah. it has, I mean, it's devastating. And what I realize is that this needs to be stopped now. And if it's not stopped, we're going to have a techno fascist coup that goes over the, over the, the, the country, because look, the propaganda is everywhere now. Right. You go to Facebook, you go to Twitter, you go to Google search, you go to ABC, you go to CNN, you go to Fox News, you go to NPR. You know, we have weaponized military grade propaganda coming at us from literally every direction. Mm -hmm. And if we're defeated, if the sort of this populist insurgency, if it's defeated, then there's nowhere there's there's nothing that we can do. After this, people are just going to be, you know, sucked into this propaganda like they were in the Soviet Union. And unlike the Soviet Union propaganda, which needed a huge human bureaucracy in order to to propagate itself, this one's going to be done by AI. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to have a crisis of consciousness with an AI system like you are a human system. Like eventually the human system under like Soviet communism got so bad that no one believed in it anymore. Well, you're not going to have that problem with an AI. They're ruthlessly efficient. They never get tired. They're just going to continue to do it. And so that's where we're at right now. Like we have one final chance of stopping this rise of techno fascism. Mm -hmm. And if we can't stop it right now, and in particular the next few months with this, you know, contested election, then, um, You know, I believe that really bad times are going to come. I think that anyone that doesn't go along with the propaganda is going to be isolated with a social crediting score uh, and they're going to get deplatformed. They're not going to be able to travel. It's basically going to be the same thing that has already happened in China is going to happen here. And with the world's biggest military under the control of the globalists, there's really not going to be any country that's going to be safe from resisting this globalist creep.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, the social credit score is a real deal. I mean, we just talked about that. Yeah. And I mean, the the possibility of rounding up Trump supporters into re-education camps, like what they're doing with the Uyghur Muslims over in China, right? Yes. I mean, what what's to stop them from saying that that's unacceptable? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And so witness- Or what about
1: the COVID Like COVID camps Like oh this yes. person You know Doesn't agree with what You know the government says And so Oh they Ended up getting sick of COVID And so they went into A COVID facility And um, And then they just Coincidentally died And yeah. That's That's what's That's what I fear Is what's going to happen To America Like they're already building The detention centers In Canada
2: Yeah And um, we, They have them over in New Zealand We just covered it on our last show so it's it's happening.
4: Yeah. A lot of people aren't paying attention to it, man. Yeah. That's the saddest part. They're just not paying attention to it. But that kind of leads us into the election. I know yes, you want to you have some questions for that.
2: Yeah. So with this current situation that we're going into, the the whole Kraken, right? It's recently been revealed that the Kraken, I think, was the 305th division that went over. I don't know. They were part of the military or the part of the CIA or someone that went over to a somewhere in Frankfurt, Germany and recovered the CIDL, right? It was the CIDL um, database or software that was capturing the database results or the election results off our mainland. Do you know anything about the CIDL server and what the whole Kraken operation is about and what what are your your, uh, thoughts about what's going on with that?
1: Yeah, my thoughts are that the Kraken is a... um, military intelligence program that uses software in order to monitor foreign threats and possibly domestic. And from what I understand, they were monitoring the situation. Uh, This Kraken computer system was probably tied into the internet backbones, reading data packets as they were zipping across the United States. And um, apparently there was a firefight at the, uh, I think it was Seidel's server farm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, essentially, you know, you you call it Seidel, you call it the CIA, that they're basically working at behest of the CIA. So let's just call it the CIA, right? So the CIA and the military uh, had a firefight as the military went in to seize these servers. And, uh, you know, who wants to have a firefight with the U.S. Army? Okay, like if they're willing to have a firefight then something really, really effing terrible is going on there Mm -hmm. where they definitely don't want the U.S. military. And for whatever reason, the calculus that they're using is, hey, let's let's fight the world's most advanced army in a losing proposition, because that's better than allowing them to arrive inside of the server farm um, right now. You know, I mean, they can't yeah. win. All they're going to do is buy themselves time yeah. to, yeah. I don't know, wipe the servers or whatever they're they're going to try to do. So, the fact that they had a firefight is eye opening. That means something really, really major went down. And uh, I just hope that this is going to be used to give the necessary evidence to just wake everybody the f up that hasn't woken up by now. It's just like, look, you're here is undeniable proof that this company flipped votes from Trump to Biden, destroyed Trump votes, and more. Yeah. And I think yeah, that if people I, see that, that'll wake up a lot of people that haven't yet woken up. I what I,
2: what I hope it does is I hope it wakes everybody up worldwide. Because it sounds like this system is not just US related, but it's everywhere. Yeah, it's been used. Yeah, like in different they, countries. They were yeah. testing it out in Venezuela, you know, I mean who knows where they've had it? So, who knows who actually is in charge and who has actually been elected fairly? Yeah. Do you? What's your take
4: on where we stand right now with with President Trump and the the progress they're making in the courts? Um, are you concerned at all? Do you think that he's going to come out victorious in this? A lot of people are messaging us, and they're some are losing hope. I don't like hearing that, but a lot of people are losing hope that this is going nowhere. But I still have a lot of faith in this this process. Do you find that to be the case?
1: Yeah, I have complete trust that the president knows what he's doing. Um, if uh, if he loses, that means that the Q psyop was just a Pipe Piper incident to lead the conservatives off a cliff. Uh, while and then you know, because I think how destabilizing that would be if yeah. they committed fraud. They let us know that they committed fraud and then they still took the election. Um, that's the end of the United States. Like half the people right now realize that Joe Biden stole the election. Um, I can't imagine America functioning after this because then it becomes a secret kleptocracy to a known kleptocracy. And who's going to want to pay their taxes to a criminal organization, a known criminal organization
0: Exactly. at
1: that point. And I think that it would be so destabilizing um, that I think that it would be part of a controlled demolition of the United States. Or this whole situation was a trap by the populists, the nationalists, whatever you want to call them, to set up the deep state, And force them to do this as a Hail Mary in order for them to be caught and then expose it to the world. Like when you see the lack of arrests, when you see the deep staters that Trump has kept into these various intelligence positions, Mm -hmm. the question was always like, why? And now when I look back, I can answer that question. Well, Trump was setting them up so that their only way that they could survive would be to try to rig the election as a final attempt. And that's going to give us all the hard evidence that we need in order to uh, basically disassemble the whole globalist technocratic regime across the world. And and the reason why they wanted to do it this way is if you – if, if a trapped animal knows that they are doomed and that there's no way out, then they may, they'll they start doing unpredictable things. Yeah. And what you want to try to do in planning exercises like this is you want to make sure that the enemy follows certain tactics that are predictable. And so if you open up those doors for them and let them go through it to save themselves, then they'll, they'll just keep on doing that in order to save themselves over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't think that there was a sting operation at the very beginning that revealed this to the public. Like Trump didn't try to get in the way of them uh, stealing the election. It wasn't like the DOJ was sent out to do a bust or the FBI was sent out to do a bust of these people and tell the public, oh, look, they, you know, trying to print it out like, you know, a million ballots, yeah. you know, that 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 never happened and i think that that was intentional i think that right here we're in a position to um you know basically implode the globalism like they imploded the the twin towers on 911 and so yeah. for those of you that are scared like just wait and see what happens in the next few weeks
4: mhm i think trump's been aggressive his entire presidency, right? And he's been talking about voter fraud for a while and concerns with it. And you had brought up that he didn't have these sting operations and he didn't have the stuff going on that, that tells me something that he was intentionally trying to get this to play out that certain way. And then obviously you got Amy Coney Barrett who's pushed in last minute, which gives them an advantage basically in the Supreme court. Yep. It seems like Trump is putting the pieces in place, like the, the, the pieces. He's he's got him in a checkmate position that's where I think most people lie still is that this is part of the process. It's going to take some time, but it's still like there are there, you know, there's people that are concerned. And I, I've even mentioned my concerns of letting this go to a Supreme Court, you know, because you never know how that's going to play out. But I, I still have faith in it, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, and honestly, Zach, we could talk to you. I could talk to you personally for hours on end. Yeah. But I know we we scheduled you for an hour. So thank you for for sticking around this long. Before we let you go, though, can we please talk about cold fusion? Because that is, some, I heard you talk about it oh, on, yeah. another, on another show, yeah. and it was freaking fascinating because it was one of the, the terms that was on that Google blacklist. And please explain what cold fusion is and, and what happened with it, with the Google blacklist.
1: Yeah, so this first popped up on the page-level domain restriction for the Las Vegas shooting massacre. It's on you know, zachborhees.com slash blacklist. You can find it there. There's a PDF, um, and the there's a bug report saying, hey, we need to like get rid of all these like uh, these pages on these sites. And um, one of the things you're going to notice is this uh, website called ecatworld.com. And the, the full URL that I'm looking at from my site is world.breaking.e-catworld.com slash news slash Las Vegas shooting. 50 people killed in Mandalay Bay attack. Mm-hmm. And um, that that URL is fake. Oh. And eCat World does not talk about current events. And someone entered in a bogus uh, URL to... Target eCat World, and they were able to take it off, uh, like around October 1st or 2nd, 2017. And I actually go to this website, ecatworld.com, coincidentally, because they're, they're they aggregate and they only talk about cold fusion, gotcha. you know, this, um, this ECAT, which is a, a catalytic converter for for cold fusion, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, "We've been delisted from the Google search engine, and we even if you type in our exact URL, Google will not return the results." And I went, "Wow, really?" And so I tried it, and I was like, "Wow, they've been completely de- uh, blacklisted." Mm-hmm. off the Google search index what's going on so I start doing this search inside of Google because I'm an employee and I find out that yeah they're they're on this blacklist and and they're in some other places and I start really start filing these bug reports and using terms that I know I'm not supposed to like this could be corporate espionage you know this could be this could be damaging to Google if we allow this corporate espionage to uh, continue on. And I ended up getting the site relisted back on the Google search index. And I was like really confused because I was like, why would somebody go through and make sure that this cold fusion website is off? Because at that point I was like, I, I believed in global warming and I didn't think that cold fusion was real. Okay. But now that I, I saw how much effort someone as an insider was able to use in order to deliberately take this site off the Google search index, I started, you know, giving it a second thought and I started researching it. And I realized that, oh my God, cold fusion was real. And, uh, and it's been continued to be researched since 1989 and in 2016, 60 minutes did a episode called cold fusion is hot again which they said that Lockheed Martin all these big defense contractors had actually been studying it and reproducing the results. and I'm like, oh Oh, oh my God, they're trying to get rid of this because it's real. But why would Google do that? Because they're supposed to be a company that's all about renewable energy and solar panels and all this other crap. And I went, wait a minute. This is, what if cold fusion is real? But then the cabal didn't want it because that would allow all the nations to break free from the energy cartels. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what better way to make a country come to do what you want them to do than by threatening to disconnect them from the oil pipelines. Oh my God, their entire economy just halts. They can't make food, people riots, they get thrown out of power and then, you know, bad stuff happens. And so I started to realize that, um, I came to a few conclusions. One is that global warming is essentially false. Uh, we have the two, we've got the technology to get off of fossil fuels. We've had it since, you know, the discovery in 1989, probably sooner before that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, Google would, would probably, cause they're so large, have their own cold fusion lab. They would also keep it secret so as not to violate the narrative of the global warming carbon tax scam. Uh Ah. So Mm. I was like, okay, well, based off of that prediction, I can, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction that Google's got their own cold fusion lab. And so I did my search and I found it. (laughs) Google had a secret cold fusion lab. It's not secret anymore. You know, and but when they came out, they were like, oh, but Google didn't find anything. And it was, it was, it was kind of crazy because, like, I, I was talking to these scientists after I found it. And I was like, well, you know, I, I know this guy, Andre Rossi, who's kind of the leader in this, um, you know, in this movement. And, you know, you should talk to him. And, and so we, we, I set that up with the scientists to, basically go over a few things about ro- what Rossi had developed. And when I was, when the meeting started at Google Hangouts, there was like this guy that was not invited and he was some sort of, you know, executive and he started, he, he was like a fast talker, kind of slimy. And he started giving me this runaround about how Rossi was not real, that he didn't even have any of his technology patented. And since I had become like an expert on this guy, I was like, "No, no, no. He he's patented in the United States. In fact, here's the patent number." And the guy's like, "Well, he hasn't patented internationally." I was like, "No, no, no. He's patented internationally. Here's the patent for the UK. Here's a patent for like I think it was France or Germany. Mm-hmm. EU patent, and then like in other countries as well." And he's like, "No, he's got an international patent." And he kept on arguing that that Rossi was. Oh yeah. And then the next thing was, well, he sued his. Um, uh, Industrial Heat, which was like some company that that w- had given him a bunch of money. Well, it turned out that, I, I knew about that as well, it turned out that Rossi had satisfied the contract to get the money, but then they said that his demonstration, his 30-day demonstration that this reactor worked wasn't legitimate, and so then they kept his intellectual property, and so he had to like sue them to get his patent back. Mm. You know? And so everything this guy was telling me was... was was disinfo and I looked up his background and I found out that he had this like family crest and it turns out that his family had built like the railroads across America. And I was just like, this, this guy is not here to find free energy. He's here to like monitor it and make sure that it doesn't like get out. And he's part of this like Google thing. And so, um, I, I, I was, I was just like another thing where I was just like, okay, so Google's just absolutely corrupt and they're sitting on this like free energy that they're trying to make sure doesn't get out to the rest of the world because they want them to maintain this, you know, fossil fuel energy monopoly and this, you know, in the, in the very near future, a global carbon tax. There you go. And so, yeah, Google was sitting on cold fusion uh, and suppressing it and trying to make sure that we as Americans, uh, couldn't find any information on this totally green, futuristic energy supply that would free us all from the from the you know Exxon Mobil you know energy cartel.
2: So cold fusion, real quick, is when you fuse two atoms of like helium or hydrogen, or how does how does it actually
1: work? Yeah, there's a form of hi- there's a form of water which has a heavy hydrogen on it. it's called uh, deuterium. Yep. And um, and this. This water is uh, it's called heavy water, and it turns out that creating fusion is really easy. You can take this heavy water, you can put it into salt, and then you can smash the salt with a hammer, and you'll get fusion out of it. Mm. And and what happens is um, the whole hot fusion reactor thing that, they, that the scientists have been chasing ever since I was in high school – as far as I can tell, is completely the wrong way about trying to create fusion. Because what they want to do is they want to get these deuterium particles close enough together and they figure if they just heat it high enough, they can, they can get them to overcome the column boundaries of the electrical resistance and then fuse together and then they fuse to make uh, 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 helium or lithium and they give off a lot of energy. Well, it turns out that what this Ponce Fleshman discovered in 1989 is that if you had deuterium water and you had this palladium rod inside of it, that it would start to get this deuterium, would start to infuse inside of the metal, and it would become trapped in between the metal lattice uh, atoms. And if you start running an electrical current through this palladium um, core – What it does is starts to vibrate like a quartz crystal, Mm -hmm. like you have in your watch. Like a lot of these metal lattices have like a resonance if you start applying a voltage. And so the same thing happens with palladium. It starts moving back and forth like a piston. Well, if you've got two deuterium atoms that are close together, this movement of the crystal will cause them to shift and then it'll Crunch them together like a piston, and they'll fuse inside of the metal. That's where the energy's coming from,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's actually really easy to do. Uh, and labs all over the world have been have been successfully uh, refining this. Brilliant Light is another um, uh, energy company that's been able to to show that this process works, and they're so good at this process that they're actually able to blow a hole through the side of their tungsten uh, reactor core. Um, it's pretty awesome. You should see it on, on YouTube. Yeah. And so, Definitely. yeah, that's essentially how it works, is this you know compression chamber inside of a metal lattice made of uh, palladium. And ever since I came out with this stuff, palladium shot up for a while. I don't know if it's still, but it was going up. And my prediction is that the palladium would, would continue to rise as – these, because um, I think that the I think that these cold fusion reactors are actually being used secretly uh, so around the world in some places. Are you talking about like stock? Um, is that what you are saying? Like the what? stock on
4: like stock, or is yeah. that what you are talking
1: about? Like rising no. the price of platinum? Uh, the price? No, the the uh, an ounce of platinum has been okay shooting up. You. But yeah, you were saying that I mean, this cold fusion
2: could power a city, or it could how like how much of it was needed to power a whole city and for how long could that actually be used for?
1: Uh, All right. Let me give you an example. One cartridge of this stuff would power your home continuously for 15 years. Holy (laughs) shit. Yeah. No energy bills, just a little tiny cartridge um, could provide all the energy that you need. And you could flip it on and off like a switch. You don't need it to like warm up or anything like that. You just flip a switch and it starts vibrating and then then the fusion reaction starts happening and you can use it to heat up water or, you know, generate steam for a steam turbine. Yeah,
2: dude. So it's essentially frustrating. to Yeah. Well, like he was saying, they're they're making us dependent. On electricity bills, on our gas.
4: Well, it's, it's, it's like it's like the the cure for cancer, man. Yeah. You know, if you cure cancer, then, hey, you don't get all those pharmaceuticals. And, you know, there's a lot of money involved. It's true. Right? And so you can't get people in the U.N. and Paris Climate Agreements. All this stuff yeah. is going to bring in a lot of money for them. But it is. So, of course, they don't want that to be nixed.
2: That's frustrating, man. It is. <sighs> well, Zach, thank you so much for joining us, man. Where can people go and find your info? I know we just went to ZachVorhees.com.
1: Hey, that's it, man. com. If you want to get and download the information about the Google leaks that I've had put out there, if people want to follow me, uh, they can do so at twitter.com slash perpetual maniac. Same username over at Gab and Parlor. Um, and you know, I'm fighting against the deep state every single day that that I wake up because I do not want America to fall to a communist Technocratic totalitarian regime. Screw that. And as long as Amen. I am alive in this country, I will fight to protect the American way of life. So follow me at twitter.com slash perpetual maniac. See the Google leaks at Zach Voorhees.com. Zach, we
4: Beautiful. hope we hope we can get you on again uh, after the election thing. Kind of where so we can have some more discussions with you. And please be safe out there because uh, you have a lot of great information. Eye-opening stuff,
2: man, so just be safe.
1: Okay, I will. Thank you thank very you, much.
2: All right, thanks again, Zach. All right, thank you. All right. Rad. Smart human being. Yeah. I mean, very, very intelligent man.
0: Yeah, man. So,
4: uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. My, my background is not in uh, technology or or. I mean, hell, we have a hell of a time sometimes with the computer that we have in this uh, room right now. So. Yeah,
2: setting up a uh,
4: Zoom meeting might be a little challenging. Yeah, but sometimes. he did say he liked our setup, though. I got it. That, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. You but know, anyways, um, I'll take the compliment. That the cold fusion thing is something that uh, I've heard a lot about. I've seen small clippets of. I'm glad you asked that question because I don't know that a lot of people realize that, and I don't think it stops with cold fusion, right? We yeah. talked about, yeah. you know. I mean, the cure for cancer was blacklisted, bro. Yeah.
2: What? Yeah. So this is... So was Drips. So okay. Is that, yeah, dude, before, that, come before on. Before
3: that was even a thing.
2: That blew my mind, dude. Um, Hey, look. So we still have this blacklist pulled up. Yeah. Yeah. Do a quick search and find for Colgate. And trust me, this is going to be entertaining. No, like uh, Control-F and then just uh, type in Colgate and then... Well, we'll uh, we'll keep talking while you you try to find that. But, dude, it was, um, it was interesting when he, he so in the beginning of the conversation, he went on, or he brought up Kofefe. Yeah. Now, remember the tweet that yeah. Trump sent out and he said, yep, despite everything that the fake news says, Kofefe. Yeah. And people were laughing their ass off because they thought, oh, wow, look at the What the hell is he saying? Dude? Yeah. They thought he was a dumbass. Like, this is. Yeah. Baby talk. Yep, He's just garbling out of his mouth. And so what um, I've heard Zach go in further detail on other shows is that they put out a memo saying we need to erase this word from the world. Yeah. Right. So Isn't they that crazy. Is they, that not crazy to you? That is. So that's what I'm saying is that is the level of power that this company, Google, has yes. is they have the power to take a word and eradicate it. For something as but see what, what for me
4: what blows me away more about it is yeah. for something as little as the president using it because they want that I mean think listen kafeffi in the at end of the day what does that do for your life nothing it doesn't it doesn't really affect anything exactly well the so point yes. was is that Trump was right about something
2: and they couldn't give him that that thing that means nothing well and Zach went into exactly what the actual. I mean, why they did that. Sure. Because the end result was to invoke the 25th Amendment. You're supposed to look at his garbly tweet and say, whoa, 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 his brain's gone. Let's let's invoke the 25th Amendment. Let's get him out of here. He's not fit to be president. Sure. Essentially, that's what the 25th Amendment is, right? Let's remove the president. Yeah. Because his mental capacity is not... Fit,
4: yeah. I mean, the, the
2: hard argument to that is, is like, dude, any text message you have, <laughs> no, Twitter, sh- like, no you shit. fuck words up, bro. But I think that was that was the spark of this whole Twenty Fifth Amendment. Sure, I, and I, they I, wanted to have an event, and they used that. I mean, you remember the stories, like Kofefe. Sure. What yeah. is Kofefe? They made him look like a fool. Yeah, it was a meme all over the place, man. But the word exists. It's yeah. a different language. I forget exactly what language it is, but penis. Yes. Look at this. Okay, show this, please. <laughs> show this, please. Penis
3: <laughs> massage, penis that's, toothpaste.
2: I just look up, and that's what's on the screen. Penis now, toothpaste. now look at this. This is on Colgate. the Go- this is on the Google blacklist. Everybody, we have Colgate. Right under Colgate, we have penis toothpaste, penis vagina, penis massage, massage toothpaste, toothpaste benefits, toothpaste on penis. <laughs> I mean, toothpaste hacks. Married life will change forever. I mean, why? What is what is Colgate on the on your dick? Got to do the uh, Colgate for your face. And Did then, you, were you going somewhere with this,
4: or was this just funny?
2: Because I, I just it's think fucking that, hilarious. It's, this is funny, dude. This okay, is what I, want. I, I, I I
4: didn't know if there's some weird tie or something.
2: Massage toothpaste for on, pines. I, I like how somebody actually spells penis pines. Well, no, that, that is... I, know. Uh, I mean, there are so many misspellings on the Google blacklist. Panis problems. <laughs> Y'all do, who doesn't have a penis problem?
4: Showing my Vigna. <laughs> These are fucking great, dude. Listen,
2: you guys have to look through this. There's yeah. so much on here. Plane pro- Crash, Russia, da- David Hogg, David, David
4: Hogg's yeah. Dude, um, We all know that the uh, the power of Google, right? Yes. I mean I think I think a lot of our listeners are, are well adapted to the fact that, that Google is dirty. Corrupt, dirty shit. Yeah. It's 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 I think the worst part is it's kinda like they've censored they have allowed themselves as a company to be censored to the point where they're doing exactly what we worry about. They yeah. people have quit. I know he was saying that he applauds the people that quit. Yeah. And I think most people would agree with that. That they would say um, you know, these people that are walking away saying, "Hey, this is fucked. Um, I can't do it. I would applaud them as well. Yep. However, what happens is is those good threads that are left in that company who are w- would maybe be able to have have some say and some changes are, yeah. are gone and he said it you that, that or they're blackmailed. I mean that that's very possible, but I you know like it's the same principle as like banning people, right you mm-hmm. It becomes even more of a bubble. And he said it himself, um, Zach did, that it's got worse because now there is no, there's very few people that have a different point of view or, or,
2: or is coming out and saying, this ain't right, you know? Well, it's the first step to an overthrow. It's the first step to, I mean, the first step is honestly take away the guns. Sure. So yeah. let's let's keep those guns, everybody, okay? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but- Look at the Nazis dude You guys I was just I was showing my wife something yesterday I was listening to Jordan Peterson And I know there's some people out there Who are like Jordan Peterson He's a You know He's a a plant Or (laughs) something Whatever Dude I don't think so But Okay Everybody has their opinion That's fine What he was describing Was totalitarian states Yeah And The fact that It had It had gone So like Hitler and the Nazis It was Beyond the The point of disagreement It was into the point of disgust Yeah. So he had reached the point. Hitler had reached the point where he was disgusted with people. And that was a totalitarian totalitarian mindset. Ideal is I am disgusted with your way of life Mm -hmm. and your ideas and your beliefs. Hello. Yeah. Does that that not sound like the left? Yeah. And what did that lead to? Yes, I mean this is the, here's a deal. And he, but he said that it was it led to the the mass murdering of yes. Jewish populations. But he used compassion. Yeah, the world will be a better place, and and they we've need seen to- that compassion used by the left
4: right now. Yes, and that's the that's the thing is I hate I hate it, but I, I I we have to I hate that we have to refer to Nazis. I yeah, hate that I we know, have to refer to Hitler. <clears throat> I, I feel like it's a leftist tactic that they always use. Well, it's, it's over. It's over, overplayed. Yes. Yes, and no. But see, here's the deal: like it's so obvious. I think that the, the ties are so obvious, and it should be so alarming.
2: Antifa brown because, shirts. Yeah.
4: Be, well, the biggest thing is what you had just mentioned, uh, going into disgust. Yes. There is a difference between between not liking someone's opinion mm-hmm. or even disavowing their opinion, but disgust is a is a change. That's a change that. It's dehumanizes the other person. Exactly.
2: There's no going back. Yeah.
4: I can disagree with you thoroughly about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then we can shake hands at the end and say, Hey man, uh, you know, we'll we'll figure out a, a once plan.
2: once you convince me that a Hershey bar is a log of shit, yeah. I yeah. will not put that thing in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'm not eating it. But we've seen that like with, with many, many tweets
4: going around right now where they're saying that, you know, the supporters of Trump, um, people that donated money to his campaign, people that worked for his campaign, um, you know, we, we got to make sure that they they understand where they were wrong. It's all in the yeah. sense of like they're not bad people. They just were misguided and they were led by by a bad person.
2: So it's, we have it's, to. It's not even just saying that it's we have to do something about it.
4: No, that's what I'm saying. We they, have they start to change with the compassion.
2: But it, that's fine. We can mm-hmm. say the same thing about the left. They're dumb. I mean, they've been indoctrinated. They're still human beings. We have to care for them. But I've yeah. never said, and nor have you said, that we they have need to be put in camps. No, and we've never said we have to change their mind. Because you're not... Uh, I can't necessarily change your mind. You can't, right? But
4: I also... I, I We've said it. Um, I, I remember the, there's a video uh, of Tiny, dude from Proud Boys. And he was in Portland. He was talking about, like, you know, we, we'll never stop them from protesting. That's the difference yeah. Is that I I'm okay with you just being dumb. In my opinion, you, know, you got to understand that's my opinion that I think that you're misinformed and that you have bad information in your noggin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to say you can't say it. The only thing I I want you to say it, and I want to have the freedom to tell you why you're dead wrong. And that's where we've lost it all. Yeah. But that's not that's the difference between what was the right and the left. If there is such a thing, is that the right has never said we you are not allowed to say it. They've never said that you're not allowed to say that you believe in Marxist values and you need to push that. Say it. I want AOC to say what she's saying because I think that there needs to be people to come out of the woodworks and say, this is why you are deadly wrong and why that's dangerous. Yeah. And have that debate. And I will promise you, if that debate ever happens, she would would handedly lose. Oh, dude. Because she's clueless. Yeah. It's just, Um. it's not equal. And that's the thing is like, when everybody says, we just need to come together. I hear this crap where like, You know, both sides, it's not, I'm sick of this both sides shit. And it pisses me off because it is not both sides anymore. It's not both sides anymore. It hasn't been for a long time. It hasn't been for a long time. So this crap that we all need to come together and we all need to be neutral. No, the right, in my opinion, have been neutral for a long time. That's why we're in the fucking position we're in because we haven't been more
2: aggressive.
4: You know what I'm saying? We've yeah. been like they have the right to say this. They have the right to protest, and but no, enough. It's enough. Enough of the shit.
2: Well, what's really scary is that, like what Zach was saying, the the fake news, right? That the stuff that they so they're they're pretty much saying that Breitbart is fake news. Yeah, they are propping up fake, fake news. Honestly, in in my opinion, yep. and so when you have that um, going into like the CIA and the intelligence agencies, so someone I think in another interview he had mentioned that you know the CIA they have Fox News up on the television or television screens, right? Mm-hmm. So they're they're watching Fox, they're watching MSN, they're watching CNN, and they're being fed this, informa- this information, and they're using that as their intel for their you know whatever they have to do, right? But then you have laws that are based on this shit. Yep. And this is where it impacts everybody. Because, you know, even we have friends that say, dude, what's, how's that going to impact me? Yeah. It might not now, but it sure will if it becomes a law and you're you're forced to maybe not go to a store without a face mask on or maybe you can't get on an airplane without a vaccine. Yeah. I, I think that's the problem is, is I feel
4: bad because they, they there's people that don't, and I, I, I actually, part of me is jealous of it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Part of me wishes that I could just go about my day, thinking that everything's great and just enjoy enjoy life as it is. And and yeah. and, and that that's all cool, but that's not reality. And unfortunately, there's no. a lot of people that kind of are are in that point. We we like you said, we have good friends, man. We really do. Who who when these things are said, it's like, come on, man. That like you really think that's gonna fuck with us at the end of the day? Yes. It will. We have a long life. Don't forget this. We live long lives. And all it takes is that one inch and then that other inch and that other inch. And by the time, you know, it's like the it's like the continents moving, dude. It's slow. Yeah, it's but like at some point they're going to be separated. Yeah. It's like covid. Fifteen days. Thirty days. Just masks. Then just distancing. Then it's you got to stay home. Then it's no Thanksgiving. Then it's no Christmas.
2: You guys, the mandatory vaccine push is coming.
4: Yeah. yeah. Two weeks. Well, we'll see, because we have a video of uh, the man in Australia. Oh, do we have that up here? You should find it. Um, I'm sure some of you have seen this already, but I just have to play it because it's awesome. Yes. This man came out, and he was the one that was for the Australian airline company. and was saying He got the pie face. He got the pie in the face. And he came out, like, what, a week ago, less than a week ago, and he was saying that in order to... They're debating, but in order to fly internationally out of Australia, you got to have a vaccine. And they'll talk about the, uh, you know, in Australia, just flying around in the continent, but... You gotta have a
2: vaccine. So this man gets pied in the face by uh, a rather dapper person, Qantas, Qantas airline. Yeah, no this this reminded me of uh, like <coughs> a scene from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, where you just have like the butcher come up and just slit a guy's throat <laughs> and just walk off. Look at that face of him. Here, here we go. That's General <laughs> Flynn's uncle. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna play some.
4: Yeah, there, there, There's gonna be some talking, which is fine. It's it's from a uh, news agency or some some such. I, a, NBC News. I think it's just gonna be music here. No,
2: they talk. Okay. It. Oh yes! Booyah! We got a. Uh... So this is a spoof reel that Chris found. Oh, but hey, it's it's nice. Here we go. Slow mo. Hey everybody, I'm just talking. <laughs> that guy's got a very.
4: I hate Chin, did you see that chin on that man?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, go back to him. That was General Flynn's and, uncle. And pa- pause, pause on the the pie thrower, or the pie, uh, the delivery man. Oh, you can't go back. to him. Oh, just dang. play it forward again. And
4: oh, wait. it's it's all good, um, dude. So, anyways, right after he got pie in the face, <laughs> wait, there, there we go.
2: Oh, he, one more clip. He, I think dude. he got some pie on him. Look at that chin. Oh, damn.
4: he actually has no teeth. That is a very sm- mushed lower his
2: mouth. Mm. I'm here to deliver a pie. So he actually he was looks like, like Popeye. A little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like Robin Williams
4: Popeye. That's a spinach pie right there. <laughs> and I'm not talking about that fine dining at uh, Popeye's. Dude,
2: Who? what's uh, Popeye's girl's name? Oh. Uh, what's her name? Olive. 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 Yeah, I, like, was, I was going to say spinach, but that, that's <laughs> what he eats. I was going to say Penelope for some oh, reason. Oh, jeez, yeah.
4: Well, <laughs> yeah, it's Olive. Yeah. Or yeah. Is Olive it's, his... it's Olive. It's Olive. Okay, yeah. So Brutus.
2: I guess the guy who got the pie face was looking at Olive's Facebook page a little oh, too yeah, intently. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. You "Don't you, this is a warning. All you yeah. gotta do is check the forearms, man. You, you keep looking at my white or whatever." No,
4: no. So he actually got pieed in the face, and then he he claims like, uh, "I don't know what that was about, but I'm gonna go take a second cleanup." It was about you wanting to mandate vaccines, you motherfucker. That's what it's about. Yeah, you were saying that people can't leave your country or come into your country without a vaccine.
2: People don't want to see or hear that. I'm sorry. People are getting fed up, especially around the world, man. We've seen it. Yeah. Did you guys see what happened in France? Yeah, I, know, well, I heard you guys. I didn't actually see it, but you can Go to Zach Voorhees' Twitter right there. It's right up there at the top. You already have it open. Oh, go check out Zach Voorhees' Twitter. Or man. actually, yeah, click on his, yeah, per, at Perpetual Maniac, everybody. Yeah, he's got some great content. Just click on his little picture. There you go. Scroll down. Keep on scrolling until you see the video. And my, oh, my, you guys. Oh, yeah, here we go. This is a nice stroll in a uh, downtown It looks a lot street. like Portland, bro. In France. Okay. Here we go. Might have to turn it down. Oh, yikes. So just cops flooding the streets. I mean, you can hear the sirens. Buzzers going on. Debris oh everywhere Debris it, This looks like a apocalypse mu- movie You never remember That
3: scene With Z When all the yep. zombies Come flowing through the town Yeah Fires in the background Whee! But you
4: said something About them coming back
3: Yeah wait till it... Look they throw Like Uh-oh. look at all Those fucking people Back there Yeah And then now Look all the cops Are like okay Let's get the fuck Out of here They start going back The other way Look they all Start backing up because everyone starts doing smoke bombs or something. Yeah. Uh
2: I see. Oh, there's a, They no. might be holding the line right there. That might be their let's 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 close it right here. Oh, got a bet that's corn.
4: Right, doing a live <laughs> performance. Back <laughs> oh, yeah?
2: Riggy back, riggy. Okay. Anyway, so, two things. This is uh madness. The, and people good for you. Yeah. Come on, France. Yeah. Do it more. So do you want that kind of world? It's going to have to come to that, man.
4: No, I'm just saying, like, do, do people understand that the policies and the people that they have elected or are trying to elect perpetuate this kind of thing in your cities? And I don't, I don't think they do. I don't think they understand that. Some, some are. Some
2: are. Some and I are also like
4: it. the context. You know, I, I have to look a little more into the context because... I mean, as an example, like in Portland, right, when you got Antifa out there and they're, they're doing shit and you see that police force come in. Yeah. If you were completely unaware of the situation with Antifa, for example, uh, say you were from another country, mm-hmm. you might be like, look at these authoritarian fucking cops fucking with these people. When in reality, you're like, no, no, no. We want those cops to take care of these fucking assholes. Antifa. So, I don't know the situation personally. I haven't looked into it. So, I want to be clear that, like, I'm not aware. Like, are these, are these good people or bad people? I'm sure that they're probably good. But Antifa's not
2: good.
3: That video. From what I, I understood, it was, was anti lockdown protest. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yep. So, if it's anti lockdown protest, then I, that's the last thing you want to see. But these cops, man, I'm serious. Listen, I, I, listen, I get it. I have a lot of respect for police officers in general. I do. Um, there's bad ones, and I think they should be weeded out. But I respect police officers. I did the ride along. It's it, dude. It's I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 a, it's a scary situation. It's a yeah. tough job. Yeah, and I respect them tremendously. With that being said, they're that first line of defense, and at some point, they're going to have to make a decision. Yep. To take orders or to go with the Constitution. And I'm just calling out for any police officer, if, you, if you're listening or if you know somebody that's in your family, like, that's a question that needs to be brought up. Because this isn't funny at games anymore. You got heated last time, and I appreciate yeah. it. It's fucking it was great. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've been in the same boat, man. We've both had our moments where we're, we're really fired up about it, and it's not disingenuous. It's fucking real. Like, yeah. we have this discussion after this podcast shuts down, and we're just like, fuck. Like, God, you know, you're pissed, dude. Yeah. But at some point, we're, we're more blurred than ever before on the lines. And we have to know that the police officers are going to stand with the citizens mm-hmm. at some point. Because with the stuff that's happening right now with COVID, are you willing to quit your job? You know what I'm saying? Are you willing to stand down? Like, that That has to be mm-hmm. asked.
2: Well, and it, it, it would behoove officers not to go public about it. Because how yeah. much support do you get? You'll get GoFundMe. I mean, if GoFundMe doesn't fucking well. pull it down. But we can have fundraisers for these police officers. I mean, there's there's ways to support financially, right? Well, it's mostly,
4: you know, when you got these, I don't know how that works because I haven't dived into it a whole lot, but, you know, there's people that are elected, sheriffs and whatnot that you have in your community. I'm talking about police officers. I know, but I'm just saying, at some point, if enough of you leave, like we saw a mass exodus out of Seattle, if you remember in, that reason. In recently. New York, yeah, I remember that. But Seattle was a big one. There was yeah. like hundreds of cops.
2: There was an entire... Precinct, or whatever. yeah,
4: they left. But that's New the York. point: is that some, like, no one or most people are not going to be upset with you for doing the right thing. And Absolutely, if you feel not. like you have to leave, um, you will be supported one way or the other. Whether that's you leaving and people making a change, yeah. going like, no, we can't have this shit. We gotta who, whoever is up top's gotta fucking go and get these guys back in. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's ways around it, but I get it. Quitting your job, I get it. You got families to support, and I understand that it's not that easy, man. To, no, you know, it's not to do. But we're we're getting in a time frame now where there are some big things coming through the pipelines that really are going to fuck with our freedoms, and we need to know who's on the side of us and who's not. Mm-hmm. And I, by us, I mean constitutional. I'm not asking for you to like everything I say. I'm just saying, do you do you believe in the Constitution and what it says and stands for, or do you not? And if you don't, get the fuck on out. Period. Yeah, I
2: absolutely. don't respect you then. It's uh, <clears throat> I said a phrase a couple episodes ago, back the blue and the blue backs you. And they back you by defending the Constitution. Yeah. Period. I mean, that's what they swore their oath to. Do it. And we see a lot of good examples of, of people doing that very thing. I mean, when, when Cuomo's up there saying, it's the law. Yeah. It's not the law. It's his freaking executive order. Yeah. Executive orders are not laws. No.
4: They can be challenged. Their mandates, they, 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 and most of the time, they're challenged. Yeah, I mean, even I think he even lost in court, if I'm not mistaken, Cuomo about his religious. Yes, I mean Dude, that's the guys, thing is they they can say what the fuck they want. That, uh, Whitmer in in Detroit or in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that shit that she did, the court
2: said unconstitutional. She keeps going. That's the problem. That is the problem. But the the big win, the minor win, but it was a big win. Mm-hmm. Was the um, the synagogues that were allowed to open up yep. for Thanksgiving, or yep. was it the synagogues, or was it just churches and general? I, I think it was churches and synagogues and other such. Uh, <clears throat> but religious Cuomo put out a an, edi- an edict yep. saying, "We're going to close them." My nipple ring, my left one, told me today, oh. "We got to close down the churches." Okay, <laughs> and my whole, right holy one came ring. Back and it agreed too. Oh God, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it so agreed too. <laughs> but it, but. When it went to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and it was a five-four decision, that is a major sign, you guys. Amy Coney Barrett. That is a major sign of what is to come, because yep. look at what they dis- what what they sided with. Yep, the Constitution.
4: Yep. Absolutely.
2: So, Hallelujah! Roberts, I
4: think what he's, he switched over. If I'm not, was it Roberts? Well, that? he
2: has Epstein shit. I mean, the, the word on the, <laughs> the street is guy. that he had no. John Roberts has blackmail on him. He has some Epstein blackmail on him. The point you're trying to make is that supposedly Amy, Amy Coney Barrett
4: is the deciding factor. Yeah, imagine if that was the bacon cheeseburger, dude. They, they would have lost.
2: Yeah, bacon cheeseburger was in there. Yep. It's a big deal. No church on That's Thanksgiving. That's why
4: the push was put in there. Yes. So um, to end this for me, <clears throat> we've got a lot of mess. First of all, uh, thank you for everybody who's sending your business stuff and we're trying to trying to just put it up there so people could see it. There's a yep. lot of great businesses, a lot of great products. Do you
3: want to give them a shout out or?
4: Uh, you can't. Go ahead, man. Um, as you're looking real quick, I want to say, um, I saw some comments, people getting kind of frustrated with us posting this shit. Uh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't give a shit. Here's <laughs> yeah. the deal. Like, Who was getting? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, wait it doesn't matter. But the point is, is like, listen, we're, we're not taking money from them. Yeah, I know. Okay, I want to make sure that that's clear. Like, They're not paid sponsors or anything no. like that. We're doing this because... Maybe they'll get an extra sale or two, man. That's the goal. Maybe they'll get some more traction. That's the goal. Yeah. And uh, sorry that we don't post political stuff 24-7, um, but I think what we're doing, we're trying something. We're trying something. So yeah. I want to say, keep sending your stuff. We'll keep posting it you know, for the rest of the month. Uh, Chris and Greg are doing fantastic jobs trying to like, you know, I've been getting on there trying to respond to people as much as possible. We're doing everything we can. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it is what it is. So just. Hanging in there, man.
2: Yeah. And, and so it's, it has to be a small business, right? You got to have some sort of like, whether you're an artist, whether you have a mom and pop shop, whether you have some sort of foundational business a restaurant, okay, like matter. some sort of business license or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you guys, it's, it's about helping people. Yeah. All right. We're just trying to get out. And, and yeah, I mean, if, if there is some sort of charity work, I love, you know, charity stuff too. If, if there's something that we can maybe look into for, ch- or further avenues of that too. Yeah. I'd love to do that. But this one was specifically for small business, you know, brick and mortar yeah. type stuff. Right. The, um, some ideas going through my head, though. I mean, we'll we'll have to talk, we'll talk
4: post. This is not the uh, this is not the end of it, guys. I, no. we understand that the the lockdown is not going to just end soon. No, so this is the beginning. Um,
2: Fauci's coming out saying it's not going to last, or it's going to last through yeah. Christmas.
4: So, point being is is like we have a lot of respect for business owners. Yeah, uh, we understand that the uh, the situation you guys are in is rough, and um, we just want to do what we can right now, and we'll try to do more as it goes on, but. You know, if you have a problem with that, I don't know what to tell you. As you know, well, I mean, maybe saying "fuck
2: you" was a little harsh, but I'm just like, because uh, I understand where you're coming. Because we got to do this whole show. I mean, it's a lot of work, and plus, yeah. I mean, we're adding this onto our plate, so it's it's not easy with three families going around. And you no, know, it's, just, it, it's you know, but we got to do what we we got to do. Chris, go ahead. Get, you gotta, let's let's
4: hear some of these that we've yes.
3: got in. Yeah, let's uh, shout out to Romantic Chocolate. Sounds uh, delicious. They were the first mm. ones that reached out to us and they're a little uh, plant-based little company daring, out in New York. Free. Yeah.
2: I think I think we have some free samples coming. Uh, little I company out I'm of New
3: excited. York there. And then uh the Molina.
2: Oh yeah, eucalyptus. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, they got uh, some uh
2: organic deodorant.
3: Stuff that everything's made from
2: Hey dude, that's uh, you know, I will take some anti-aging cream.
3: Everything's organic from I them. think a lot of people would. They're also based out of New York. Okay. Uh we this have this book. Self-help book here. Alchemy Al- of Imagination.
2: There we are. Transform your life, everybody. Go get the book. <laughs> no, I'm
3: <just> <laughs> Happy Lemon Artistry. They're out of Kentucky. Yeah. They make all kinds of... Paintings. Crafty shit.
4: Yeah. It's uh, it's quite nice. Ooh. I
3: actually yeah. dabbled in this stuff a little bit myself. I so, like yeah. that.
4: I like that. Yeah. They make custom stuff. It is cool. Yeah. It's very cool.
2: Okay. What else we got?
3: Uh, we got here... Yes. This. Oh, yeah. You brought this one up, Greg.
2: Yeah. So this is Matthias Bordenknot. He is a self-made woodworker. Yeah, yeah. And he's out of the Vancouver, Washington area. But look at this crap, you guys. Crap, Greg? No, this is beautiful. <laughs> look at... I think you meant to say poor craft. Tra- look at poor this I meant to say craft. <laughs> uh, but you got... I'm just speaking in uh, I know, idioms I'm here. joking. This one's pretty sick. Yeah. You I guys, really this does. takes time. This takes effort. A lot of this stuff does. And it's it's beautiful so whatever whatever you guys can do to help these these people out it's it's
3: it's uh amy macy for amelia macy sorry photography out of southern california absolutely yeah she started up her business like the end of last year and then COVID hit so
4: we all need mm -hmm. photos
3: she was kind of screwed from the beginning so if you guys are in southern california hit her oh yeah yeah we got this one man
2: yes this is dope yeah these these guys have um
3: like point outdoors they distribute these uh Pistol attachments. They're Lake Point
4: sick. Outdoors. Check that stuff out. If you like guns, you know P- what I'm saying? They're
2: pistol conversions. Yeah. So you put it over your pistol and it makes it look badass. That's some like Call of Duty shit right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's
3: sick. it's sick. Yeah.
2: Pine Dew. Yeah, Pine Dew. So, Pine Dew, I don't, we don't know your first name. We don't know uh, <laughs> that much about you, but we know that you're on Instagram and we know that you made our pictures.
3: A bunch of digital art. I know she made these for us a while back.
2: Yes. And, um, we honestly, I don't. I don't want to say I forgot about them, but it's like there's so much shit oh, that yeah. I just, I you know, I lose track of stuff. And I saw these, and I was like, oh my god, why have we not posted these? So you guys, you got to go on and, and watch and look at this stuff because she gave me a
4: great chisel jaw. <laughs> D- <know why>. Dave <laughs> does do. have, thank you.
2: He has the chisel jaw. Well, not really. It's fluffy, but she gave me a nice one. I, I appreciate that. Well, you got it. You got to Maybe. Uh, yeah. trim that up. tape. Taper the beard into a uh, But yeah, those square. are the
3: ones that have reached out for us so far. So, I mean, I don't know if we're going to continue this past the end of the month or not. not you know, sure. I, I think we we'll, should
2: go through November and then I think we'll, we'll we should figure out it. some stuff. Yeah, yes. we'll talk. About
3: it doesn't it. matter. Uh, just do.
4: Yeah. Listen, guys, take a minute. Uh, go check out the stuff on our on our on our page. Yep. Um, and see who's out there. Just even if you don't have the money and I get it. A lot of people don't have the money right now. But if you don't have the money. And Lexi's Pizza, man. There's another one. Just yes. thrown out there. If you don't have the money to go purchase something, I understand. I think they understand. But get on their website. Just give them a shout out. Say, hey, yeah. I saw you guys. on am part of my American. Uh, I wish you guys luck. Um, you know, I'll make sure to tell people about you guys. Just be. let's be a fucking community, bro. Exposure. It's yeah. all about exposure. It
2: likes, uh, follows, reviews. Yeah. All that yeah. stuff. And karma. Okay? Think yeah. about this. What comes around goes around. Yeah. It will. Well, and it's good to support your community. Bro. Yeah, it will. So, yeah. So.
4: With that being said, uh, great guest today. Thank you so much to Zach Boyd. Yes, thank you, Zach. Uh, Very interesting conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope we get him on soon again. Me as well. Um, Guys, make sure you check out PardonMyAmerican.com and also Parlor. Okay, Parlor is our, that's where we want to move to. Sign up on Parlor, baby. And uh, if you guys like what we do and you want to support us more, we got Patreon and also we have Teespring where we can buy some merchandise. We're still working on getting some more up there, but we have our our main logo and uh, that goes straight to us and goes straight to equipment. So we appreciate everything you guys do. Hell yeah. Greg? Chris, good show.
2: Awesome show. Where we go one? We go all. Sayonara.
1: We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter-fraud organization in the history of American politics. Turn. my American. American.
0: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive.